You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Matt Drink On, who is a pro advisor coach and the co-host or the co- the host, I should say, of the Eternal Optimist podcast. Now, the Eternal Optimist podcast is a show for people who see the good in the world. They want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. And twice a week, he does two a week, which is pretty awesome, will help you see the challenges as opportunities to learn, to grow. You'll start thinking bigger. You'll play offensive life or offense in life more consistently. And you will hear inspiring stories from people who have faced immense challenges and have kept going. In addition to that, he is also uh, a pro advisor coach and has helped out a lot of organizations, a lot of people really develop and, and, and find out what they're capable of. So it's so cool to bring on another podcast host, somebody that is also sharing the amazing stories of not only this community, but our country and challenging others to be great. Uh, I just mentioned this on the last podcast, but I'm a firm believer. You're one conversation away from changing somebody's life. And Matt, you do that on a on twice a week, not even on a weekly basis, almost on a daily basis. So thank you so much, Matt, and welcome to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Uh, thank you, and I must say first that when my wife came on here, she she said, you're going to love these guys. When you walk in the room, the first thing you're going to feel is you're going to feel this great energy coming out of uh, Brian's beard. So <laughs> I, I, I felt it. It's true. Well, thank you. Uh, it's really a trimmed up beard right now, but yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, for those who have beard envy, uh, I'm not optimistic that I will ever have a beard, but I, I do... Uh, I do appreciate you getting me feel very welcome today. So uh, thank you. It's great to be here today. Hey, Absolutely. we're shifting that optimism yeah. back to you. Just count your blessings that you actually have hair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, see, yeah, coming from good. the guy that's losing it his, it, it's, uh, you know. It looks good. Well, you got Scott, it going what, on. What you don't have in hair, you make up for in love and just the way that you walked into that room. <laughs> you made me man. feel really good, too. He so. is the eternal optimist, man. man. Well, we're, we're super glad you're here, man. Thank mm-hmm. you for carving out some time this morning. We know you have a ton going on, and and, uh, we want to hear some highlights, and trust us, listeners, he's got a hell of a resume. Well, I'll give you a highlight to kick things off, get get real right away. Yesterday, I interviewed a a three-time Olympic gold medalist named Laura Wilkinson. She was a diver, and she did really well in her first Olympics back in, uh, I think it was 2000. She came back to two more Olympics, and she shared this story from everywhere from, from being told that, no, you are a waste of space from her first diving coach. to uh, Olympic gold and glory, to going to her third Olympics and getting nothing and kind of let down there. And it it could be anyone. It could be anyone out there who is, let's just say that they're on a high of highs right now. They are, everything is going swimmingly well. Or the exact opposite. Someone could be really low and down and out. There is a place for this concept of eternal optimism. Uh, And as I'm talking to Laura yesterday, she is sharing her story. She she developed this uh, neck problem, had to have a cerv- cervical fusion surgery on her neck. Mm. Uh, and then after she came back from that, oh, by the way, she then, after she retired around the age of 30, she had four kids. Then she had the surgery. Then she came back and competed in diving again with four kids. With After having that surgery, she made it to uh, the national championship a couple years ago uh, at the age of 43. Uh, so it can happen. Whatever the message, is, if anyone remembers this today, it's going to be, you can do it too. You can do it too. There is hope for you. Uh, so that was one story. Here's a different story that happened yesterday. I met a man yesterday named Matt Gilhooley. 
and he has a podcast called the Life Shift Podcast. And uh, we went deep right away. We started the conversation. He said, Matt, uh, let's go real right away. The challenge that my life started with at the age of eight, after my parents were already divorced, my mom, she went on a motorcycle trip with her boyfriend and she was killed. So at the age of eight, he lost his mom. And in the society that we were in back in the 80s, this is mental health was not something that people really talked about. We talked about more just suck it up uh, and keep it to yourself, especially for, for men. And the next time that he was able to actually talk about this, it erupted really when he was 16 and a teacher had him do an assignment to write something about his mom. And then it all kind of came out. And that was yesterday's conversation. And he shared that and how it's helped him to develop uh, his empathy and his uh, process for dealing with grief. So you could be someone that, that uh, suffers from uh, some kind of manic depression, someone that suffers from grief, someone that suffers from any type of ailment, whether it's neurological or it's chemical. If, if you have a challenge out there, then uh, as you said earlier, that we're here to communicate and connect with, with other people, that there are people out here that can help. And the Eternal Optimist podcast is going to be full of conversations that no matter what your challenge might be, uh, we've got someone that's it's gone through that. You know, and they've shown that there is a way to get through that. And you wouldn't hear this. You wouldn't know this if you're watching the news every day where it's you know 10 kills to every one positive story you hear in the news. So we're here to be a positive force for good and to share with people that you can do it too. I love it. So the name says it all, right? And I am uh, a firm believer that if you want to have a great day, the only person that can make that is you, right? Mm. It's all about your attitude. It's about how you, um, you know, br- take on challenges, how you go through life, but you get to choose what type of day you have, right? When you wake up, are you going to be happy? Or are you going to be mad? Are you going to try to make it a great day? Or are you going to just complain the whole time? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people now in this world that want to look at the negativity. They want to look at why they aren't where they are in life. When in reality, they should be counting their blessings and working harder to achieve what they want. But I think there's a lot of people that are not optimists. They do not want to look at what it can be or what I can achieve. Instead, it's, well, this is where I'm at because of this, right? It's always excuses. It's blaming somebody else. Tell us about your journey. How did you become this optimist where not only now you're sharing those stories, but for somebody to, to host the Eternal Optimist podcast, you have to be an optimist yourself and you have to be somebody that looks in the best of life. So I'd love to hear your journey and, and how you got to this point. Well, let's start with the definition of eternal optimist. And many people have this misconception that optimist, we just view things through uh, rose shaded glasses. Everything's always <laughs> nice and rainbows Glass and unicorns and all this. Guy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that may be part of it. There's also an added layer as an eternal optimist. I've, I've heard people say for a long time, I'm an eternal optimist. I've heard it on podcasts, I've heard people say it in books. Uh, what does it really mean? Well, I put a definition to it. Eternal optimist is, is one who sees things with a positive frame. That's the optimism. But the eternal part is that we also see things through a real frame. We can see that hard stuff is going on. And I don't want to sugarcoat that, you know, the day that my dad died was the worst day of my life. There's no way I'm going to make that into a positive at that moment. And never but. And we're going to take that experience. We're going to learn from it. And then we're going to let it inspire us. We're going to let it motivate us. We're going to let ourselves be a vehicle that we can use to impact and inspire the world. So an eternal optimist is one who sees things through a positive lens and they are able to take the hard stuff that comes at them and learn from it and grow with it. So we're always 
curious. If there are a couple qualities of eternal optimists, we see things through a positive lens and we're curious as to how this hard stuff might be able to serve us or serve the world. So that's that's one thought of, of how you might define eternal optimist and where it came from. But Genesis, for me, hey, I, uh, I lucked out. I mean, I had two parents that were married the whole time uh, that they were living. And uh, my dad, unfortunately, passed away, uh, you know, in 2005. Uh, but from the time I was born in 1977 until the time that I went away and graduated college for 21 years, 22 years, uh, I had people telling me that they believed in me. So I, I had a positive, affirmative place from the parents. Now, we didn't have a, you know, uh, a, a touchy-feely. Uh, I didn't have a high empathy. I had a very regimented, disciplined childhood. My father was in the military, and I'm, I'm grateful for that discipline as well. But the thing they gave me the most is they gave me self-belief. So a saw strong self-esteem came from that. And not everyone had that blessing. So sure. those who may not believe in themselves or believe that it's possible, from those who do have that belief and want to use it for the greater good of the world, that would be me, that people like us in this room, I can feel this great energy today. If you have that, it is our moral imperative to give it and share it with those who do not have it and the majority don't have it. So uh, that's, that's why, is you know, coming from a strong place of family value, coming from a strong place of I want to help others feel that they can do it too. You said when you wake up in the morning, you have a choice. You can choose to, maybe you can choose to be happy or, or, or not. But I would say that uh, the overall foundation is I choose every day to be optimistic, to live with gratitude, and to live with discipline. Those are my three core values, optimism, gratitude, and discipline. You know, and I choose to live every day through that lens. And it's funny how when you put a lens on things, it changes everything. You know, Because I wore glasses for the first 27 years of my life, then I had LASIK, and, and when I came out of that LASIK place, Literally, uh, I was sure. almost blind for like two hours. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? I can't see anymore. Uh, well, after that, after that two hours and after those sunglasses came off, um, I had 2010 vision in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye. And it was amazing. I'd never seen things so clearly before. You know, it's amazing the lens you put on. Well, it's not just your physical glasses that you can put on. You can also put a lens over your brain, over your mind, the way you think. And that lens for an eternal optimist is the lens of your core values. So what are those core values? I've shared mine. What are someone's core values? How do we get them to see things through that lens rather than being distracted by all the negative lenses and frames that come at them all day long every day? And we all know what they are. It's, it's, it's political ad season right now in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, my God. <laughs> No kidding, man. Dude, my, my mailbox can't avoid every day. It. I know, man. It's like <laughs> I, I took it. seven things straight from mailbox to trash yesterday. And none of that's positive, by the way. <laughs> no, no, God, no, no. They're just trashing each other constantly. But anyway, yeah. that's that's a political podcast, yeah. I guess. We don't usually go that route, but uh but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it, it, it can be it can be political, it can be the news, it can be you know, just Facebook and someone if if you ever go to Twitter, which I don't, I don't encourage you to go to Twitter if you want an energy and positivity. Uh, but if, if you ever go to a social media platform and you see the, the nameless, faceless bots or the people, all they do is just tear down, tear down, tear down. And that is over time. If you read enough of that, your, your vision goes from over here and very slowly over time, it starts to shift to over here on that negative. It's like if I eat an apple a day, uh, it, what does it do? Apple a day 
Keeps a doctor, Keeps a doctor away. Okay. away. That's made it here, huh? yeah. Charlotte. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, an Oreo cookie a day. Uh, same thing. I mean, but they might not keep the doctor away. You might have to see the doctor more, yeah. right? You know, so it's just a matter of what is it that you are uh, doing every day, you know, and to focus on uh, this eternal optimist concept of to give yourself that runway and to give yourself the chance to perform at the highest level. Uh, I'm going to challenge everyone to uh, come to a place where they can see through that lens. Now, if they're equipped and ready, and most of the people I coach are, are high performers in our coaching business, and Pro Advisor Coach, by the way, is our coaching business, and I, I wanted to talk that in there and put that in the show notes uh, for, for the coaching company. But the, the eternal optimist is someone that if, if they identify with it automatically, that's great. But there's a lot of people that are hurting, and that's who I really want to impact are the people that need the help the most. And through your podcast and through our branding, I want to help get out there to people that are, are in pain and suffering uh, and help them come to a place where they can see there's a way forward and help them change that that mindset every day. And that can be through schools, because uh, I coach some some schools. It can be through corporate America. It can be through you know community YMCA churches, whatever it might be. But that's the message I want to get out there. And uh, I'm just so grateful you guys have me on the show today. We're grateful you're here. Did you discover the need for the eternal optimist through your coaching? Mm. or just through living in general well, and people's attitudes about things? I believe the generation before me was maybe trained or brainwashed or it's just the way it was is that when you come home from work every day, I mean, everyone goes to work at day, come home at night, you have dinner, and then you turn on the TV and you watch the evening news. And, I mean, I love Anchorman with Ron Burgundy, but that was that, that's not the evening news I see every night. When I turn on the news, the first story almost every night is something that is graphically just bad. It's 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 challenging, and that uh, that gets clicks, it gets attention, and it it raises fear level, right? And if you're centered on selling something that's fear, even though the the news person might argue that it is real, and I'm not saying that it's not real, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm pointing out that if you consume that number of, let's just say, stories that are all based on fear or based on uh, keeping you glued to it for lack of, if, you don't, if you're not glued to it, you might miss something and it could be endangering you uh, if you don't hear right. this. Uh, if that's the message, then you know, that creates fear over time. The same way that if you watch a certain news all the time, a news channel, and it always points out, uh, here's all the bad stuff about everyone else, uh, then you start not to like everyone else. You know, it's just whatever you consume will become the way that you think. You know, whatever you focus on, that's what expands. So let's give them a place where they can expand their thinking through this. Uh, through coaching, I see the same thing. I mean, a lot of people who start companies, they're great salespeople. They have a great vision. But that doesn't mean that they're great at everything, right? And sometimes I get an opportunity to work with companies where they are strong over here and not as much over here. So I come in and help them do that and get stronger all around. Uh, I don't think it was born out of coaching. It was born out of just our world Awareness. right now. Yeah. Uh, there and, was, and COVID's heightened everything, just the yeah. media and attention to it. You yeah. Know? I look at, um, there was a book I read, uh, I think it was about four years ago. Uh, I forget the, I think it was Hans Rosling wrote a book called Factfulness uh, and shared all of the amazing ways that you can measure progress over the last millennium. And if you look at lifespans are longer. The number of people percentage-wise in poverty is significantly smaller. You know, every 
measurable statistical category you can look at for the human race has actually improved over time. But that's not the story that you hear out there. The story here is one of broken and division and, uh, you know, it's, it's racism and hate over here and politics over here and, you know, people get into their tribe and they battle the other ones. And that's all just so negative, negative and divisive, right? So this is a place that uh, I believe we can come together as humans, you know, because, hey, uh, let's just go nerdy for a second here. There was a movie that came out that... 90s called Independence Day. Yeah. You guys know the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a oh, freaking yeah. amazing movie, by the way. And uh, when the aliens come, I think we're going to forget all that stuff uh, about how we hate each other, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to come together, and we're going to take on the aliens. That's right. Um, same <laughs> thing with the but zombies. We could shoot come. meteors <laughs> out of the sky now, so yeah. we're, we're good, man. <laughs> you, you mentioned a lot of that, and you know, I was blessed growing up in a family that seemed very similar to yours, that had, you know, they gave me the self-esteem. They told me that I could believe in whatever I wanted to believe in and, and make that happen. And, and my story was I always wanted to be a goalkeeper in soccer, but I was told my whole life, you're too small. And my dad believed in me and, and got me the training and, and challenged me to be the best that I could be. And that game got me to the point where I got a Division One scholarship to go play goalkeeper at the, at the height of 5'10", right? And so for me, it's easy for me to look at my life for the first 18 years and realize when you're nine years old and somebody that's an adult tells you that you're never going to be someone and then you become that. For me, it's easy to wake up and, and look at hard things and say like... Dude, you did the hardest thing when you were young, right? When when you had to, when you might have been doubting yourself, but you believed in yourself and you had that family. I think there's that's lacking, right? Maybe it's the mom and the dad. Maybe it is the friendships, friends around there. But it seems like it's a lot harder for people to be optimistic, right? It's mm-hmm. a lot harder for people now to look at the good instead of the bad. Um, I have a twin brother, and I talk about this all the time. Sometimes I feel that he gets focused on things that don't matter, right? And for me, being able to have so many different conversations with people on our podcast, the one thing I've realized is everybody that is successful, they've had more challenges, they've failed more than most people, but they never give up. They always have some something that's driving them more, whether that's their faith, whether that's their optimism, whatever it is, right? There's something bigger than themselves that they believe in, which enables them to push through the hard. But it seems right now, especially me as a dad with a four and a two-year-old, am I am I being enough for them? Are they going to go into a world where they're told, you know, negative things? I guess I'm just, it, it's like, it mm-hmm. scares me that like my children are going to grow up in an environment where constantly get put down, constantly say you can't do something, constantly have roadblocks where maybe I didn't have that. You know, mm-hmm. I look at the nineties and I'm like, dude, I grew up in the best Era ever. It was like, mm-hmm. it was like everything was great. Everybody was making money. We all loved each other. It was awesome. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't like that, but for me, it felt like that. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that now. And I know that's a lot of information, but <laughs> just went on a little bit of a rant. But I guess, I guess my final, my question is, is it harder now to be optimistic than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And how do people need to strategically focus on the good and not the bad. So they're their best self, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the only thing. Scott says this all the time, three-foot world. What can you control, mm-hmm. right? And if you can't control it, then then you can't worry about it. Why worry about I it? I challenge that, with that every day, but that's all he has to say is three-foot world, right? And I know immediately, okay, if I can't control it, I can only can control what I can control. And if I focus on that, then it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good week. We'll figure it out. There's a lot of wisdom in uh, what Scott said, the three-foot world. Uh, uh, back to the, 
the episode yesterday with Laura Wilkinson, she was talking about that's the only thing I could do when I'm up there on the top of the diving board is I can't control the media, I can't control all the fans or the people that are naysayers. I can only control one thing, and that is me. Uh, control the controllables. That's a that's a staple of our coaching practice too. Is that we start inner, and then what is inside of us manifest out. So we really got to work on, as you said, controlling this narrative. And there's a number of ways to to work on our identity, to work on our narrative. Uh, I'd say that um, the most important point to drive home there. I don't know if it's uh, if it's more likely, if it's easier or harder out there right now. All I know is that people say things. The news says things. There's so many narratives. This inner narrative is what I'm encouraging everyone to think about and work on is your narrative. What's happening inside of here and how you show up each and every day. Uh, as an example, each and every day, you know, I thank God that uh, you know I'm a part of this group right here. You mentioned a four and two role. I'm a, I'm a member of a group called the Front Row Dads. Uh, and as the Front Row Dads, it is our mission to, uh, as family men with businesses, it is our mission to be the best dads we can be. You know, so is it going to be easier or harder for my kids? I think that it will only get increasingly more challenging in the world as time goes on uh, because I want to prepare them uh, with the mindset of, yeah, it's going to be challenging. I want you to be ready. So I'm preparing them every day to be uh, these leaders, these, these, these amazing young humans that are developing with a radiant light. Uh, and when they develop that, they have that to offer to others as opposed to uh, letting someone else uh, come to them and, and bring them up. I want to be at home, starting with me, the way that I think, the way that I parent. I want to start with me to help them uh, be the best people they can be. Uh, and I think that's that's the genesis of all of this is we work on ourselves first. You know, We start with our own narrative first. Uh, and what I did not mention in the beginning, I, I want to share quickly. Uh, well, maybe not quickly. Uh, this is super important. Uh, is this is all from a judgment-free space. This is all from a safe, safe space. Uh, I'm not claiming that I'm better than anyone or have some uh, edge or advantage because of an attitude. I genuinely believe being an eternal optimist will give each and every person something that they can use which will benefit them. Uh, but it's not from a place of superiority. It's from a place of genuine care and gratitude for humans. Uh, that if we want to survive, if we want to uh, find inner peace and, and happiness in anything that we do, whether you're a parent or whether you uh, are an employee or an owner or, or you're someone that is just casually listening and you're also listening to music over there, uh, why not have a good attitude when you're doing it? Why not enjoy it? Why not be in a place that uh, you have found peace inside? And when some challenge happens, Brian, we can learn how to adapt and overcome that and use that challenge uh, to our advantage. We use that challenge to impact the world in a positive way. Uh, a short story that may emphasize this. Uh, I've been talking this big game for years about being this eternal optimist. And in 2015 on Labor Day, uh, I, was, uh, I was in an accident. I was in a freak accident. This can never happen to me. No way. I was going down a zip line and it broke. What? What? I know. Holy freaking cool, right? Down a zip line. You ever been to Costa Rica? Oh, down yeah, I've done lines that. Are like way up in the air. Okay, well, I'll cut the suspense. I wasn't that high up. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, you're I was you're here. 15 feet up. Wow. And a man of my enough. size, uh, at my age and my size, who falls to the ground and lands on their butt, and it sends a shockwave up through your spine. Uh, and I literally, like in the, like in the cartoons, Wiley Cody gets an anvil dropped on his head, and what does he see? He yeah. sees stars. Yeah. And, I literally saw stars, 
right? Literally. Uh, and then when I came to, it was it was only a few seconds, but it felt like uh, felt like instant. But I was out. I was knocked out for uh, for a few seconds, and I came to, and I just I was crooked. You know, I was mm. crooked, and I felt kind of broken. And uh, my uh, my wife was there, and a lot of friends and the family. We were all there, and uh, they helped me get up. And after a couple minutes, I got up. Uh, but the next nine months, my my health went downhill to the point of in January, a few months later, it was so painful that uh, at times I couldn't walk. Right. So I went and mm. did everything that I could afford, everything I could find uh, from hypnosis to physical therapy to uh, cryotherapy to um, even psychedelics. Uh, to eventually I had to have a cortisone shot in the spine a couple times. That didn't work. And eventually I had to have a, a spinal surgery on uh, June 14th, 2016. And uh, I was wheeled in, in a wheelchair. I didn't leave the house for like, uh, I left the house once in the five weeks before that. And I didn't go upstairs once. I couldn't get up my stairs. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't cook anymore. I couldn't run. Uh, you see me here, I'm 6'6". My identity is firmly built. Uh, as an athlete, or, or maybe nowadays uh, a retired athlete, uh, <laughs> but it was it was it was incredibly challenging, and I really had to put up or shut up and, and face this optimism, positive attitude. Is this for real? Because uh, anyone out there has ever had excruciating pain, and excruciating Ooh. mean you can't move and you can't think about anything else other than stop, please stop this pain. Uh, that was excruciating pain. Uh, and by the way, respect to any any mothers out there who've ever had a child. Uh, oh my goodness, I respect the hell out of that because uh, I've heard that's pretty painful. It looked pretty painful three times. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was my version of that. I couldn't I couldn't move. I was disabled. I couldn't couldn't do anything really. I, I'm a professional coach in my second year of business, and I had to turn the webcam off for the last two and a half months. And coach laying flat on my back on the ground in my office, and it was incredibly difficult. And that time, the whole time, uh, optimist, do I have a rose shade? Am I all giddy and happy at the time? Hell no, man. I'm not giddy and happy. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Uh, And never but. And uh, we had to figure out how to adapt and overcome uh, for our family, for the world, so I could share the story and everyone could see that it's possible. So we did that. And uh, now, uh, you know, we're... We're, we're doing much better. We're healthy. We've got, uh, you know, three healthy girls. The, uh, the in-laws came in town last night. Uh, that may have been a stressor a few years back, but now revamped, working on the attitude. Uh, now I love it when they come in town. Uh, now it's great. Now it's great. So those are, those are some, some thoughts. We've made a full recovery of playing golf again. I ran my first, uh, first 10K uh, about four months after the surgery, which was wow. awesome. Congrats, right? man. So all that was was putting it into practice, and uh, yeah, I don't know where we started with that question, but no, the, that I like talking about me. So. Yeah, <laughs> was it the uh, how do you pronounce it? The aerial volcano zit lines in Costa Rica? Mm, mm, mm. Oh no, no, it wasn't in Costa Rica. It was here in oh. the states. And it, oh, okay, gotcha. And, no, no, and it was only fifteen feet, so it wasn't. Uh, not sure where I heard Costa Rica. <laughs> he, he, no, no, he, said, he mentioned Costa Rica, and he okay. was like, "But it wasn't that." Oh, because okay. I was okay. like, "Bro, what did you do? Like ninety feet?" I'm, I'm like, "Oh my!" Like, some like, of those, I mean, they yeah. go from ridge yeah. to ridge, and there's hundreds of yeah. feet below. Yeah, I'm not doing those anymore, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I hear you. You mentioned your kids. Oh, you have three God. kids, uh, three girls. I think oh, you yeah. mentioned that. So, oh, yeah. um, tell me the ages of your girls, if you can, and and how have they each kind of taken your philosophy and your mindset and your coaching and your just being a good parent 
uh, to life. Because I I think now children, whether they're in high school, middle school, elementary school, if you can start it at home and you can raise a son or a daughter that that have that optimism, that believe that they can achieve something, that energy is more power, powerful than negativity, right? They can mm-hmm. be the leaders in their classroom. They can be the ones that can also influence others to believe that they can do it. Have you seen examples, and I don't know the ages of your daughters at all, but have you seen that through your children and how exciting is it to, to raise somebody and, and, and see them really believe in themselves? It's, it's the most amazing experience and uh, I love it and I wouldn't want to trade it. And it's, it's challenging and amazing all in one. And here's what I see. Uh, so they are seven, five, and four, okay. uh, the girls. And one of the uh, amazing things about them is I get to coach two of their soccer teams right now. And the first day, I mean, I've been in front of audience of thousands and I don't get nervous about public speaking. Dude, <laughs> I was terrified <laughs> the first day of practice uh, when I had our first game this, this fall or this, this past spring, that, that was actually really, really nervous. Uh, but what I've seen in them, and you know, you, you don't know how they're going to do. That first game, they could go up there and hate soccer. They could go up there and kick someone else and bite someone else, or they could go and be uh, someone that's not really any good at it. They could be a star at it, whatever. You don't know what's going to happen when your kids start to uh, compete in a sport or go to school. You really don't know, but you love them no matter what uh, they do. So uh, my daughter went up there, Lily, our our seven-year-old in our very first game, and she fell down a couple times. Since she could speak, something that my wife and I have, have said out loud, when you fall down, you get back up. So we have said, like, whenever, whenever someone falls down, I might say, when you fall down, and now they finish the sentence, we get back up. And that one little mantra uh, that we shared back when Lily was born, she says it now whenever her sister's growing up and falls down, and now our youngest daughter says it too. So they kind of have it programmed in there that when they fall down, they get back up. Uh, another example uh, in coaching children uh, you learn a lot about coaching adults by coaching kids, by the way, <laughs> uh, you know, is to uh, just give your best effort. That's all I ask. Give your best effort. And uh, what did you learn from that? Right. And I asked them that. Uh, and if it's an emotional game, I won't ask them, what did you learn from that? When the, the emotion is still there in the car and the drive home. But when I have with them uh, what I would call a board meeting, and this might be a good place for the listener to take a note. This has been major impactful as a dad. Uh, is I'll go on what I call a board meeting. I learned this concept from Mr. Jim Shields, who wrote a book called The Family Board Meeting. I will go on a board meeting with each daughter once every seven weeks, and that's four hours, uninterrupted, no no phones, and uh, $50 is our budget, and we do whatever they want for four hours. And I will take them, just me and one of them, and we'll go do this board meeting uh, every seven weeks with each of them, and on that time, we have this private one-on-one time, do whatever they want. Most times, by the way, it's the playground at this age. Uh, we'll go and play. We'll go and walk around the mall. We'll even go and do uh, uh, Dave and Buster's or some, something fun like that. And I'll ask them questions like, what have, you, what have you learned? What am I doing well as a dad? What do you want me to stop doing? What can I do better? I'll ask some questions like that, and they give me some real feedback. So I'd say that... Uh, you know, and being a parent where eternal optimism shows up is same thing. It's optimism, gratitude, and 
discipline uh, with this curiosity towards feedback because I'll ask them for that feedback and they'll they'll give it to me and I will uh, you know learn as a parent you know what uh, their perspective is I don't think a lot of parents might ask that and if you do or if you don't again there's no judgment for me on how anyone parents I'm simply offering that this has really served our our relationship for them to grow and develop uh, with a strong self-esteem now if I was being totally transparent, I'd share that one of the reasons I joined the Front Row Dads in March of 2019 is I used to yell. Uh, I used to yell. Um, I yelled at my, my middle daughter when uh, I was on Zoom, and you know I worked from home virtually for about nine years now, and she would uh, come into the room, uh, or she would uh, just be crying because that's literally what 11-month-old children do is they cry. <laughs> uh, they don't talk yet. They cry. Uh, and uh, I would yell, uh, nothing more than just saying her name, but saying it loudly in a way, keep it down, right? And that uh, that that did some damage, just, just yelling like that. I'm aware of that, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but I feel transparently that that's, that's where we might start. So if you're a yeller, if you have a, a temper, which uh, I've worked very diligently on to, to work on that, still have one. Our home is now yell-free, I'm, I'm happy to say, after about four years of practicing this. Uh, that uh, whatever damage, whatever challenge anyone ha- out there has, it can be reversed by practicing some of the things we're talking about right now. It can be reversed by in- in- intentionally designing the way that you show up every day to work towards progress. Uh, so I'll I'll pause at that because again I forgot the question and I've been uh, I've been chatting and I'll, no that I'll you answered that. it. It was about your your children <laughs> and, and how you really experience cool. that and, and I love um, what you do with the board meeting. I think that's fantastic. Um, I have two young sons. I actually coach my son's uh, four year old soccer team. Oh, so we are we are great. running the same thing. I was actually I I know soccer right. It's like oh yeah this is easy, a whole different ball game right. And so I really challenged myself to go into that experience and make sure they have fun, make sure they're learning things. But ultimately this is something where I want them to experience soccer and want to do it again the next season, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about wins and losses. It's literally the soccer ball is a toy. Let's have fun. Let's learn. Let's grow and and learn how to dribble and learn how to shoot and, and become friends. And, I have had so much fun doing it. I didn't realize how excited I would be to coach my team. I actually didn't want to coach. And then we just kept getting emails and emails and emails. Mm-hmm. And we're like, there's no coaches. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And I've loved it. And I don't think I'll, I'll stop at Never. all. Um, Love it. And it's cool. Now my, my boys, they're all five years or younger. I got six of them on my team. It's only three V three, but now we're like a little family out there. And it's yeah. so cool to, to be positive with them and see how they've, improve not only from soccer but just it seems like in life and mm-hmm. you know my son was one of those like he got very mad like if he would miss a goal or or if he wasn't dribbling the right way he would want to go like sit down right and now mm-hmm. it's like he's flying around like he's you know Ronaldo so it's it's been <laughs> amazing um but that's amazing feedback now um as we as we start to kind of wind this down your eternal optimist podcast it's awesome i, I can't wait to to be an avid listener of this if there are people that are on here that could be, you know, a guest or if they know somebody that could be a good guest or if they just want to follow the podcast, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you to follow your journey, listen to the podcast and then potentially uh, reach out if they wanted to be a guest as well? Oh, well, first of all, they can go to eternaloptimistpodcast.com uh, and check out the website. Uh, you know, I'm continuing to build that and that's an evolution as we go along. Uh, I've you know, read a bunch of books. I like to put the books I've read on there and learning lessons from it so they can take that, uh, developing a course around that. They can go straight to, you know, any place you can find a podcast because we're on all the major places for podcasts. 
Uh, just type in Eternal Optimist, and uh, it's now top of the list. Uh, used to be a bunch of other stuff up there. They can go to Facebook or Instagram every day at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Saturday. I do a live stream from my kitchen table or from my office uh, and talk about the daily learning lessons of an internal optimist you know, and share the things that are happening in the world every day uh, from the perspective of an internal optimist. And I just started doing that uh, about a month and a half ago uh, when we record this now. It's in, it's in October. Uh, but I started that in September of 2022, and now I'm getting a few people with me every day live. It's been fun. And I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, if no one ever listens, I'm still going to keep doing it because it makes me uh, show up as an eternal optimist too. So those are the places you can also email me uh, if you wanted to just, uh, you know, Matt drink on at uh, yahoo.com, Matt drink on at gmail.com. Simple, uh, easy to remember. Look at my name. You guys will get it right. You guys are good. Uh, those are the places you can find me. So uh, appreciate you. And uh, guys, I just, I'm honored and grateful you'd have me on the show today. You know, and thanks for being a part of our journey, the eternal optimist journey. I just gave you a follow, man. That's I, I can't wait to listen. We another one of my little cheesy phrases is uh, adversity creates opportunity, hmm. and that's an optimist phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look, we're going through whatever we go through, and we're all going through something. What what can what positive can come out of that? I mean, there's a silver lining somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just have to look for it. That's and right. You have to work towards it and uh, and get through it. And it's all mindset. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for sharing that, man. I, I feel I feel super optimistic. You are you're you're an optimist. <laughs> this man over here, he's the reason we're all this way. Um, he's a great leader and and Scott, you know, went through a lot of challenges himself. He he lost his mother at a very young age. And I think we talk about this all the time and this podcast has opened up that conversation a lot. But Scott mentions every year that he has a birthday how, you know, blessed he is because that's a birthday that his mom, you know, didn't get to experience, but he has that in life, right? He doesn't take every day for granted. He lives to his fullest. He's a happy person. He's a great person to work for. Um, And that's kind of the attitude that we have as a brand and as like a family. And it's great. I mean, I've been here seven years, six years, seven years. I don't know. Coming up on seven. It's been amazing. And I just love being in that type of an environment on a daily basis. It just makes you a better person, you know? So thank you, Brian. Yeah, buddy. I appreciate it. If you're an owner out there and you're not an optimist, Get, well, your head out, get your head out of the toilet. You're not going to have any help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You well, probably see that in your coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, this has been awesome. Uh, we don't get to bring on a lot of people that actually have their own podcast. Uh, typically, we're just you know interviewing people and sharing their story. Uh, but this is a podcast I think all of our listeners can can learn from. You know, We have a lot of people on our podcast that, that have that same similar story and, and, they, and they live that positive life. Uh, but I love that you're being so um, you know passionate about it, but but also very disciplined. I I will not be doing a live 7 a.m. shoot every day, Scott Dunstan, but you will, and no. I will I will tune into that because I think that'd be a great way to kick off your day and uh, and and just get excited about life. Yeah, check it out, Eternal Optimist Podcast every morning, and uh, just again, thank you so much for inviting me on today, guys. It's been a real treat. Thank yeah. you. That's been Absolutely. awesome. Well, like we always say, please like, share, comment, go check uh, out the uh, Optimist, uh, the Eternal Optimist podcast. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been awesome. It's awesome. And uh, you, there will there will be very soon at our website uh, a store with Dunstan Group. It's going to help me oh, create some branding. Hey. Uh, you guys can help yeah. me create some branding here and uh, put some things that. out there, some journals, mugs, and uh, you know hoodies and hats and, and some fun stuff that you guys like. So uh, feel free yeah. to check that out and know that that started here today. So That's communication, awesome. people connect. There we go. Love guys. It. I love That's it, man. what it's all about. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much. Until uh, next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. 
You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.